Welcome to Talk is Sheep, the official podcast of the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Come along with us as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. We have partnered with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab to help get you in shape and mentally stronger. Whether you're a veteran hunter or just starting out, the Mountain Tough app will take you to the next level. We personally train using the Mountain Tough programs and we believe in it so much that we want to give you six weeks for free using code SHEEPBC. That's S-H-E-E-P-B-C. Check out Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. You won't be disappointed. Gregory, happy, uh, happy, happy, buddy. Happy 24. Yeah, happy new year. That's, uh, wow, it's 2024. First few days, still hungover or no? No. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit freaky, um, but real cool. We've rolled into twenty four, and um, we are uh, we're officially in show season, man. Like we're not like we're not on the doorstep of it. We're in show season. So, Dallas Safari Club's rolling out uh, this week, I think. Uh, no, next week, and then Sheep Week the week after. And yours truly, and Mister El Hefe, is that what we call you? Yours uh, sometimes, yep. Is, the guys at work called me. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be uh, we're gonna be down at Sheep Show, and that is gonna be a great event, man. I'm super stoked about Sheep Week this year. Um, just uh, Wild Sheep Society BC's got a double booth, just like we did last year, and uh, so we're hoping to see all you there. This is this is a cool thing about the podcast. I know we got lots of listeners kind of from uh, around all around, and lots of you guys go to Sheep Week and gals, and uh, we're hoping you'll come by the booth and. Um, we got some really cool promotions going on. We got some swag. So just come and say hi. We're going to do some podcasts at the booth. Do we have any confirmed right now, Greg? Can we talk about any of those podcasts? We don't have a time, but uh, Friday morning we will have uh, Mr. Adam Foss and Rachel Attila talking about their film. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So, and with- how appropriate with our official sponsor, Sitka Gear. Uh, it's their two ambassadors. So... That was kind of the the grand scheme is is having them on the podcast to sort of highlight Sitka Gear and the great work that they do to support conservation. Talk about the great film, and um, can you talk about the film? Give a little bit of hype on that. <laughs> oh, well, no pressure, but yeah, no pressure. Uh, you know that that it's a short film, but man, it's it's awesome. Like yeah. uh, what they're able to put together out there. Rachel's first hunt, and she did it with her dad. Or not her, not her first hunt, sorry. Her first sheep with her dad. Uh, the emotion in that film, that's a tearjerker. Like, tearjerker, yeah. All the, all the years she's been guiding sheep and, you know, one of the staples of the backcountry, and then she gets to do it for herself, gets to bring along her dad, and then Adam and Adam Foss is there filming it. It's like you put together an A-team and, oh, it's awesome. It's just, it's an outstanding film. If you uh, are listening, head on over to YouTube and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, we will uh, we will share that in due course um, on the, when we drop that podcast. We'll we'll have the link to it and everything there. But uh, yeah, it's a great film for sure. And we actually tried to put this together like an idiot. I'm like, oh, let's let's have them on during hunting season. And how did that work out for you, Kyle? Like Adam's like, yeah, I'm going to the Northwest Territories. I'll see you in like three months. <laughs> like. 
Okay. I think I think it was even better that everyone's like, yeah, great idea, and then we all realized, oh, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've obviously had Adam on the podcast before, and Rachel, and they're phenomenal. Um, just great spokespeople for for what we all love love to do for the outdoors, hunting, conservation. Uh, they're all very conservation minded, and uh, of course. We love Sitka Gear, love the great work that Sitka Gear does for conservation. And so, yeah, really exciting. And uh, they'll be at Sheep Week. So um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll post up the time when we host, host the podcast. You can come by, check it out. You get to see Greg's beard, the talking beard, doing the podcast. And, uh, and uh, so come say hi and check things out. And, and if you're not a member, I'd love to have you join the Society too. Or if not, just tell us about the podcast. Let us know who you want to see on for guests or how we can do things better, where we're screwing up. Uh, it's all good feedback we take really seriously. So, yeah, it's awesome. And then Adam is going to be one of our presenters at our Sheep Hunting University at our Salute to Conservation Mountain Hunting Expo in Penticton, February 23rd and 24th. So uh, come by. Adam's going to have the latest, greatest Sitka gear that he uses in the field. He's going to talk about it, why it's important, why you need to have it. And then Sitka's got a booth, so go over to the booth, check it out. Um, and if you like it, you can buy some, if you don't like it, then move on and check out some of the other brands or some of the other gear. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's sheep hunters university. It's, that's one of the coolest features of our show, I think, cause you can learn everything like with Adam, Adam talks last year, he packed the room, standing room only right to the back and you just a gear talk. Mm-hmm. He's talking about what he uses, what he likes to do. And then. You know, you roll into, last year we rolled into Wardo. He's talking about backcountry fitness and what not to do and what to do. And, you know, we keep going from there, from field care of your trophy to the boots you're going to wear. Like it's, ah, there's no, nowhere else you can do that. Yeah. And do it all in one room. Like it's, it's pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just a great resource and, and such a fun time. So uh, you can buy tickets that are over on our website, check it out. And if you're new to the hunting, you know, sheep hunting world or even the mountain hunting world, uh, just come by and check it out. It's uh, You're, you're going to get a good vibe when you walk in that room. And, um, you know, it's just, just so much fun. We got a lot of really cool things planned. I can't share too much of it. We got some surprises planned. Uh, one of the things on Friday morning, we got um, Dr. Helen Swansha is going to do a, uh, what do they call that when they dissect a sheep? What's that? Uh, oh, what's the name of that? Uh, necropsy? Or? Yeah, necropsy. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I was having a brain fart there. That's really bad. I, don't, I didn't know that. But uh, so Helen's going to do, do a necropsy. And so how cool is that? Like if that's into, you're into that sort of thing and uh, it's an infected sheep that's off the fraser, uh, we've frozen it and we're going to thaw that thing out and Helen's going to do a necropsy. So anyone that's interested in that can come check it out. So there's just so much stuff. The list goes on and on and on about what we're doing this year. Um, just go look at our speaker lineup. It's on the website. And actually we don't have our Sheep Hunter University lineup posted yet, but we've said a bunch of the names. We've got uh, Aaron Snyder. You've done a phenomenal job on social, Greg, of highlighting these uh, individuals. Uh, really cool video from Joe Appel, hey? Yeah, yeah, we've had some people step up and just willing to speak and give us uh, a little teaser and build the hype train for the show. So Joe, Joe was as soon as I mentioned it to him, he jumped at the opportunity. I, you know, he was sick as a dog when he did it. So thank you, Joe. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's awesome. And you know that that's the the quality of people you're going to see there. Again, Wild TV is one of our new conservation partners, and our newest conservation partner. They're going to be there. Joe is going to be there at the booth, and uh, he's going to be doing a couple talks for us uh, throughout the weekend. So amazing. And then uh, we got Schnee's coming up as well, and so you can try on some Schnee's boots and see if that works for you in the mountains. And uh, really cool there. Schnee's is actually going to be sponsoring our run in the park, which is the Thursday. Uh, 10 to 15k race so melanie my wife is racing she signed up i think she's the only woman signed up but the winner is going to get a pair of schnee's boots so um you know you just got to be the fastest out there uh they're gonna have a really cool course plotted out there's gonna be lots of cool giveaways and stuff like that um matt ward wardo is sort of leading the charge on this colin peters and uh, we're really stoked about it. Our vision is to have the city of Penticton involved in this down down the road and kind of, uh, you know, how they block off the marathon route in Vancouver or, or Victoria. Um, that's kind of our, our long-term vision for this. It'd be super cool to do that too, but uh, small steps. So. I want a, a disclaimer for that too. This isn't the usual backpack race. You're not going to have a few in you and pull this one off and have a good time. You will be sick on the side of the road somewhere yeah. this is a serious race we've had uh, you're all in well we've had some criticism because uh, people wanted it to be a ruck and it's actually this is a running race this is just a foot race it's going to be in mountainous terrain in penticton in the winter time so it's going to be could be minus 10 could be plus two who knows but it's it's going to be it's just a foot race this year and then down the road, we'll, we're looking maybe a ruck next year, maybe one of each. We, we haven't completely. We'll see where it goes, see how it turns out. But this year, it's it's a run in the park um, near Okanagan. I think it's in Okanagan Mountain Park. Um, I, details are a little sketchy for me on that just yet. But regardless, there's going to be a race. And uh, we've got Mountain Tough Fitness and Schnee's uh, sponsoring it. And like I said, a couple of pairs of i think the granite boots they're giving away one set for men one set for women and then you get the uh, um the elite um, sponsorship package with uh mountain tough fitness as well so you get to get to use their their setup for a year um it's going to be one of the prizes as well and other stuff as well so a bunch of stuff still coming so and on top of it we've got our mountain hunting expo is being sponsored this year by precision optics in kafaru so um Aaron's going to be there. Uh, Omer's going to be there. He's going to have the latest, greatest. You want the latest gear. Omer's going to have you dialed along with uh, all the brands that support him. Stone Glacier, Kafaru. Um, there's, the list goes on and 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 on. Very cool. And this is only the first year of doing this one. So yeah, think about next year and the following years. You're, uh, you're going to want to be at the first one. So you're at the inaugural mountain hunting yeah. expo you could be that guy or gal or they're like i was there 22 years ago for that first one there's always that right it's uh, i love it I, I you know you go to sheep show and it's like so is this your first sheep show and well oh, kyle i was there in mount pleasant on the on the mountain and in uh yeah it's so cool uh, I, I just love the old timers when you get talking to them about their their history because people have been going to these shows for 25 30 30 plus years it's crazy the the level of commitment that people have to to wild sheep and yeah so be there our first uh mountain hunting expo it's going to be a good one and and come to everyone after that so yeah well some of those best conversations are with those old timers that have nothing to do with the show they're just off in the corner minding their own business looking to chat to somebody and four hours later you've 
talked about every sheep hunt they've ever been on and you're just in awe. They'll suck you right in. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, at the Jurassic uh, Classic, we we go there and um, we're, we host it and, and you just, you get talking to people and there's this, this one guy, I'll, I'll say his name, Randy. And Randy and his wife Donna come to the Jurassic right? and they're kind of unassuming. You just, you know, just kind of quiet and they're not showy and they're not, they're just really quiet, right? And then you're like, you're kind of like looking around the room and you're like, and everyone in the room's like a sheep hunter, right? Like they're like, that. this is kind of people that have gone and done it. They've done the fundraising models and now they go to the Jurassic because it's a different, a different type of event. And there's people in the room that have got like, you know, two, three, four finaz, you know, and stuff like that. And But, you know, we were trying to figure out who, not that it's a competition, but we do for fun. Like, you know, who's killed a sheep? Everyone stands up and, okay, sit down if you've killed one and killed, sit down if you killed and and randy's standing there like how many sheep have you killed and he's like 27 or something you know it's like he's hunted <laughs> all over the world and you got to pry the stories out of him you know but he's like he's so humble and modest but it's just such an interesting dude and, and those are the fun ones right like it and then it's fun too there's guys that are like yeah i'm on my second finaz or i kill kill the 190 inch you know and that's fun too right it's all it's just so much fun for everyone and it, and there's not a ton of ego in that room. It's just it's everyone's just kind of there. Loves wild sheep. Loves conservation and loves loves to be hanging out in a room that's with so much passion, right? Yeah, something to be said about hanging out with a bunch of like minded individuals with the same goals. It's a uh, it's a special place, yeah. special team, special family to be a part of. Hmm. Well said. Well said. All right, buddy. Um, oh my goodness, we've been talking so much because there's so much you. We're not excited about the show, right? Like, well, at least we're not excited no. about the show. Like, oh my <laughs> goodness! But uh, this is a cool, cool podcast. We had some audio issues. I got to apologize, but uh, and it's not Derek's fault. Derek Demon uh, was on the podcast. Unbelievable dude, um, and uh, he had a construction accident uh, when he was a young man. Traveled the world, um, like super, like a high adventure guy, snowboarder. He was like that was he was going to travel the world snowboarding flew to New Zealand all around the world and then he he's working construction trying to make ends meet because he's like a hardcore player going out and doing everything fun in the outdoors and he fell off some scaffolding and broke his back um t his t8 vertebrae so um you know obviously uh paraplegic and um just a fantastic dude and he gets after it man like check out Derek's um Instagram we've got the the link here in the show notes and the guy is he's a machine he gets out he gets after it and he kills a lot of stuff he kills a lot of really cool animals I, I want to see him kill a sheep I, I'd love to see him kill a sheep he hasn't done it yet uh, but he wants to and uh, super passionate and you'll, you'll love him like I said there's some audio issues on this one I apologize for that again not Derek's fault but uh, you're gonna love this chat with Derek Demon, and um, you know, brother, you're you're an awesome dude, and you're an inspiration for me, and and I'm sure a lot of other people. And just um, when I see what you go out there, sometimes I go out in a sheep hunt, and I'm like exhausted, like I can't do this, and then I look at someone like you that just you know has everything stacked against them and goes out there and gets it done, man. So um, a lot of great hunters out there with that you know battle a lot of disabilities. Funny. You know, we we're talking about Connor earlier, right? So we won't go down that rabbit hole tonight. But uh, <laughs> and not not trying to compare that, but it's that there's a lot of adversity. Hunting's hard for everybody that has everything going for them, and then you throw in an, uh, a disability like paraplegic. Oh my goodness, it's unbelievable, 
unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just <laughs> listening. No, <laughs> sorry, buddy. No, that's uh, yeah, he's an ins- inspiration. Uh, when you sent me his Instagram, and you're like, "What about this guy for coming on the podcast?" And I look, I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Let's. <laughs> I contacted him. He was excited, and yeah, yeah. man can't say enough about that guy he's uh he's something else and he like you say he gets after it there's no there's no disability holding that guy back he's he's all in yeah and he's he's a killing machine well said all right we will leave you with that happy new year everybody thank you for supporting talk is sheep and enjoy this episode with Derek demon This episode is sponsored by our conservation partner, Yeti. Thank you Sitka Gear and Yeti for investing in healthy wildlife and sustainable ecosystems. Well, good afternoon, Derek. Uh, Great to see you. Great to be on the podcast and uh, stoked that we can finally connect. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pumped. Thanks for for having me on. Right on. So um, first, one thing I want to first acknowledge is that you're a kick-ass hunter that... uh, so when I look at you, I you know I'm, I'm seeing you. We're looking at each other today. Physically, I see something different than I'm, I'm used to. But when I look at you, I look at it as a hunter, a killer, uh, highly accomplished guy in the in the backcountry, and um, for that highest level of respect. So, but the story is much bigger than that. It's not about killing or hunting. It's sort of you know that's what connects us. But um, so let's kind of. Uh, um, you know, I guess what makes you different from the average hunter? Let's let's start there. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm my name's Derek, yeah. I'm thirty-five years old. And so right when I was twenty right before my twenty first birthday, I actually no, I had just turned twenty one and about three months later I was working a construction job on my journey. So forgive me rewind a little bit um, right out of high school i started traveling the world snowboarding and i was jumping from i was going uh i would get our winter and then i would go for our summer i would fly south of the equator for their winter and just get all year winter all around so i was just snowboarding all year round and uh i found myself up in lake tahoe and i was working a construction side job to earn money for my plane ticket and i had fallen off a roof and i broke my t8 vertebrae in about eight pieces and it uh it left me in a wheelchair but um yeah those first couple years were extremely hard to get through and uh but you know when once you once you get out of the once you get out of that pit and then i was just i just started I was introduced to the outdoors and deer hunting. My first hunt was a doe hunt and, uh, that, that just got the ball rolling and I'm absolutely addicted to, to the outdoors now. So it's, uh, it's, it's a blessing, blessing in disguise. That's awesome, man. So, you know, reading about some of the stuff you've done and accomplishments. And so before we even get into the hunting stuff, let's talk about your early days. You were like a, you were an outdoor guy. You weren't a hunter, but you were diehard, you know, outdoor, like 
uh, big into snowboarding, I think, and a whole bunch of stuff like that. So you were really attached to the outdoors, just hadn't found your niche in the hunting. Yeah, absolutely. I would be on. So my main thing was backcountry snowboarding. You know, I would throw, I get my avalanche gear and I'd, me and the boys would walk just miles and miles out into the middle of nowhere, just as far as we possibly could on a day's journey. And, uh, you know, we just come across huge animals, come across goats, sheep, moose bears big big muleys all kinds of animals you know and i always had that hunting in my in the back of my mind like oh i would love to do that you know like oh that would be so much fun but i never really got into it until a couple years after my injury and uh yeah to to say the least i'm infatuated so So, yeah, I guess they, you know, they, they talk about adult onset hunters. And although you got into it pretty early, I think you were in your mid-20s by the time. But you weren't doing it, I guess, when you were 14 or 15 um, as much as as you are now. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, uh, what role did your injury play? Was there kind of, you know, had you been able to continue life, your life and been snowboarding and sort of traveling and doing all the stuff that you would have typically done that normal path you would have taken – was that, did that impact it? And did you kind of like, Oh, I can, I can hunt. This is a new thing I can do that, you know, with my injury, this is something I could still, um, pursue or how did that evolve? Did that, what role did your injury play in leading you to the hunting world? So, yeah, well, after, you know, when I was snowboarding and doing all that, I was, it was the adrenaline and not just the adrenaline too, but the absolute peace of, being out in the woods, being out in the mountains and not a sound, not a person around, you know, and, and so trying to fill that void since I wasn't able to quite, you know, I couldn't snowboard anymore. You could still do the sit ski and whatnot, but it just quite wasn't the same. Um, so looking, looking to fill that void of finding the peace along with adrenaline, um, happened when I actually harvested my first doe and I wasn't, you know, I was like, Oh, I could shoot paper targets. I was like, Oh, buck fever. I'm not getting buck fever. I'll be fine. Da, 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 da. And it wasn't even a buck. It was a doe. And I'm like <gasps> hyperventilating. My, I'm shaking in tunnel vision. And, and after I got my, got my first doe, uh, I was, that was, that was it. The adrenaline, I found the adrenaline along with the woods. I was sitting in a blind with just my dad and my uncle and we're just, just quiet, not a sound around except for those pesky squirrels that need to get shot themselves. But yeah, other than that, it was just being able to fill that void in the, being in the outdoors really, really brought me back to where I was able to, you know, tap into that niche, tap into that love for the outdoors again. So yeah, I was super blessed. Uh, that's awesome, man. So, um, you started hunting when you're mid twenties, 25 years old, you're in your mid thirties now. Um, and I've seen a bit of an evolution in you. I think in the early days you ha- had a rifle. So not only are you hunting with a disability, you're, um, a paraplegic. So, Let's let's stack that against you. Well, why not we throw on some archery on top of it? So not only are you you, you know uh, battling a, a disability, you're also 
taking up one of the, you know, a much more challenging, uh, I guess, way to harvest an animal. So uh, talk about that evolution and, and how that came about it and why archery, you know, how did, was, was it not enough to go out with a rifle and, and conquer those odds, but you wanted to take it to the next level? No. Yeah, it was, well, I was just, you know, harvesting animals with a rifle is one thing, but getting up close and personal and seeing the color of their eyes and, it's just, it, it, you can just, it's a whole different ball game. And just, I just wanted to make it harder. You know, I never want to stop growing. I never want to stop learning. And there's, there's people, there's a lot of people out there in wheelchairs who, I mean, I, I was one of them for several years who say, oh, you know, I can't do that. They, they tend to look at, oh, it's going to be hard, this and that. But realistically, it's, just put yourself out there. There's going to be a learning curve, you know, and, but after that learning curve and you get down to it and you find, you find a new passion and it's just in, incredibly fun. So yeah, I've been, been blessed to, uh, to get behind the bow, to meet a lot of really great people through, through my archery career here. And, um, you know, now I'm blessed with several sponsors and just, life life's going good but it's it's just making things harder we already got it hard being in a wheelchair but just ah, man it's so hard to explain i have so much passion and so much love behind it it just just make it's fun you know i like i said i've met some of the most down-to-earth people through just picking up a bow and arrow and going to 3d shoots or harvesting antelope or elk muleys you know, it brings people together and, and there's just something about archery that just makes it hard, you know, and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot funner because that whole up close and personal aspect of it, you're not sitting 100, 200, 600 plus yards away from the animal. You got to get up close and personal. And with me being in a wheelchair too, I'm, I gotta, I gotta look for sticks. I gotta look for rocks and just finding a path to get near the animal, let alone harvest the animal. It just makes it all that much harder. And, you know, I've been busted several times because I roll over the wrong stick the wrong time. Time, but it's the, it's the game we play you know it makes it makes it funner that's crazy man i've never even thought about the logistics around that you know about um you know the closeness of archery right and it's one thing if you're sitting in a tree stand or something like that that's i guess a little bit different but if you're spotting stock and you're out there with your your wheelchair and trying to get close um you know, it's so, I can't imagine, like, you got to pick your path perfectly. It'd be so much more. I know it never even crossed my mind until you just mentioned that. Yeah, a lot of it's, um, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to sit over water and then it's compared or you sit water over, let's say a food plot or a food source, um, that's the preferred way to go. But I found myself in several situations where I've been stuck, um, trying to find a, trying to find the right path. And yeah, it's fun. Pros and cons. Yeah, that sounds good. 
Okay, Derek. So, you know, I never really thought of it um, until you mentioned it about how much more challenging it must be in a wheelchair. So, I, you know, you think of spot and stalk hunting and how quiet you have to be. And it's one thing to be in your barefoot kind of creeping along and try and get close to an animal. But now you've got this a wheelchair and this device and you got to be like any little movement is going to be so uh, treacherous. It mu- that, mu- that in itself must be challenging to get up close enough to stalk an animal. It absolutely is. Um, the preferred way, obviously, is sitting over water or a food plot or some kind of food source to where you don't have to move and they come into you. But I found myself in several situations uh, this past this past hunting season here in our local mountains where I would have to get out the chair and roll. And you got you just you got to keep your eyes out. You don't want to roll over sticks. You know, obviously, you're going to be as quiet as possible. But found a couple situations. Um, but you persevere. That's that's what makes that's what makes it fun. You know, it's if it was just sit there and shoot an animal every time, it wouldn't be fun. But it's that that game of chess. You know, that game. Like I've been burned several times. They're like, what? the? is that a wheelchair over there? I'm not going over there. You know, and that, that's, if I was a deer, that's what I would say. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, the preferred way is they come into you, but like I said, making it harder and just that level of competition is, is fun. It's like, it, you know, you compete with your friends and it's the same, you know, you're, it's that same competition mind state. Yeah, right on. So there's a whole bunch of things that that, that brought up there. First of all, um, talk a little bit about your equipment. So the archery equipment that you use, standard bow, or do you have a shortened bow? Is there anything different um, that you need uh, physically to, to do anything, or is it just a standard bow with you know standard setup? Standard bow. I shoot a, a Hoyt Nitrix. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing different on my end. I know a lot of people in wheelchairs are confined to crossbows. And I, I have several friends actually who have gone and done like metal fabrication or gone to different ways. Cause I have friends who have limited control of their hands. So they're, they can't really pull back, but they've, they've made contraptions where, you know, you roll the wheel and then you and they get it and the trigger is in their mouth and they go and they'll sit there with, with the trigger in their mouth and they see the animal and they, they bite. They, they'll bite down, or they'll 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 let off. I'm not quite sure how exactly they do it, but where there's a will, there's a way. If your passion and your heart's into it enough, you know, and and you got you surround yourself with a good with a good pack of people who who love you and are, who are willing to go out of their way and and help you out. You know, there's nothing nothing stopping any of us. So yeah, we get out there and we do it. The boy, the boys make it happen. That's awesome. So talk a little bit about your wheelchair. So I think you just got a brand new, or you're getting a new wheelchair, one's in production, or what's the story with that? Well, I I actually just got myself a track chair, and it's a, wow. yeah, cool. it's one of those, uh, they look like they have tank treads on them, and like you're like you're a rolling tank, and um, it, it was great. I, I actually have only used it one time, and uh uh, it was this past weekend at an archery shoot down, down here in Southern California and uh, going up steep hills, going over trees, over logs. It was, it was a blessing, definitely a blessing to have one of that. But before that, I would have a manual wheelchair and uh, the manual wheelchair 
that I have actually has a shock system, a flexible frame. I um, was able to save up and uh, just find find the right one, find exactly what it needed to do. And so just super, super blessed on the wheelchair aspect. All right, Derek. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this track chair. What is uh, So this is brand new to you. Um, what, what kind of range do you get out of this thing and how good is it for uh, for hunting? So, so far it's done pretty good for me. It goes about seven miles as the crow flies or four hours, but it, it all depends on the type of terrain you're using. Like if you're going just down a regular paved road, you'll get that seven miles as the crow flies. Um, but when you're when you're putting vertical on it, you're going through different terrain, mud, rocks, dirt, over logs. You're going to put more wear and tear on that, and more demand on those batteries. So that's that's going to mess with it a little bit. But um, it it definitely gets the job done. And I ha- so but I have several friends who are in the uh, who are electricians, and we're going to attach a little solar panel to the back so my batteries are going to be charging as I'm riding. Hopefully that's the premise anyway that we're trying to aim for. But uh if that if that works out I'll be super stoked. That's awesome. So now with a track chair like that, is that something is like a custom job or is that something you roll in you can just buy it off the um off the lot type thing or how does that how does that come about where you get something like that for hunting? Yeah, so you got to go on the website. Uh, I think it's trackactionchair.com, and then you go and you put an order for it. And I think from there, from my understanding, they build it from the ground up, and it takes about six weeks. Wow, that's pretty awesome. And uh, you said you've had it out for your one hunting trip so far? Yeah, well, it wasn't a hunting trip yet. It was a, a 3D archery competition. And so I... Uh, I was riding around for four, I was probably three hours going all through vertical, doing all kinds of cool terrain, and um, it it held flawless. It worked great. Uh, That's awesome. So now, uh, talk to me a little bit about when you're hunting, Derek, are you hunting with, uh, do you hunt lots by yourself? Is it with a bunch of guys? Like, what does it kind of look like? And and the archery stuff too, um, is there a club that you belong to that's, uh, you know, open to everybody or is it kind of specific to people with disabilities? So just kind of trying to get a, a idea of what it looks like when you're, when you're out hunting and then also in your archery shoots as well. Uh, most of the time when I'm out, out in the field hunting, we'll go and I'll bring, you know, hand, a handsaw with me and we'll find the, a good, a good area for like a pinch point or a, a well-traveled, uh, game trail, water source, food source. And we'll, we'll cut, you know, I'll bring that handsaw and we'll cut, we'll cut branches. We'll cut leaves and blind myself in. I got some burlap. I got a burlap blanket that I like that's, I'm able to wrap around the, the chair and then you throw throw logs and branches up there just to naturally blind yourself into situations um and then from from there usually i'll, I'll go with, i'll go with a buddy just because it's it's always funner going places with a friend and but when I, yeah when i do find myself all alone not all alone but when i'm going out on solo sessions it's usually just yeah i pull the pull the chair off the back of the chair off the back of my truck and uh roll in roll into the correct spot blind up and hunt from there but 
you know, when I go with buddies, sometimes we'll just, we'll spot and stalk, we'll, yeah, we, we, we make it work, whatever, whatever the terrain, the terrain dictates the hunt. Right, now for you, what's kind of your favorite hunting scenario, do you like spot and stalk, do you like sitting in a stand, do you like sitting in a blind, like what, if you had to choose, what, what do you kind of prefer? Uh, so mostly on the the spot and stocks, mostly it's, you know, getting to a, a spot where I can glass from, a feasible spot or glass. And then, so what I've been, I've been practicing and I've been getting pretty proficient at my long range game. So taking stuff out, you know, four to four to six hundred. I haven't put, I haven't pushed it past that, um, past that amount yet but um i've had i've definitely had more success hunting water compared to hunting food um everything needs water and my my most highly successful hunts have been those days where it's a hundred plus fahrenheit here in here in the states i'm not sure about what you guys go by celsius up there right yeah, but we know what you mean by that. So okay, yeah. Well, it's it's hot, or you get hot. A, you hunt in your underwear type type hunts. Um, though that's when I've been the most successful is when you know sitting on a water in, in those those warm days. But uh, again, you know it it all we take into account the weather, the wind, um, what time of year it is. Are you hunting the rut? Are you hunting? late season for food or it, it depends on the species and you know and the animal but uh where, where there's a will there's a way you go and you make it happen yeah that's awesome so let's talk a little bit about that now so um obviously uh there's been like with your with your accident and, and uh when you uh when you lost the ability to walk there obviously there was a transition there talk about uh, some of the you know, you you just said it. Whether this, um, you said earlier, it's going to be hard. I can't do that. So that that mentality, and obviously, you're not one of those people that uh, that listens to subscribes to that. You're like, no, I'm going out and getting it, getting after it and getting it done. So, you know, talk a little bit about your journey. Has it always been like that for you? Have you always been like incredibly motivated? And it was like, you know, you had your injury and you kind of in your recovery, it was like you know, right away you were like, no, I'm I'm beating this. I'm gonna I'm not gonna let it slow me down or you know, talk about kind of your psyche and your mental mindset and like uh, the no excuses mentality that you clearly have. Well, I mean, right off right off the beginning, going from traveling the world, snowboarding and being incredibly independent and just living living a great life. Like I had worked, I had worked years and years to get to where I was at that point. I had my career path lined out in front of me. I had everything. Everything I I was extremely blessed to uh, have been worked up to the to the level that I was at. But then once it got shut off in the blink of an eye, and I fell off that roof, and I it knocked me out. And when I woke up, I noticed right away I couldn't move my legs, and uh, I was I was extremely hard mentally. But during that time, right after I got hurt within the first like a couple hours you know i wasn't really thinking much and you always have hope of regaining your because the nervous system is a very fickle thing um it changes it 
it changes from day to day, year to year, hour to hour. Um, so I had it, the first couple years were just extremely hard. You know, a lot of depression, very dark, very dark time in my life. Um, a lot of nights just, you know, just crying out for God to take, you know, take me home. I didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it. And then I, it came a point though where I started going back to church with my mom and I gave my life over to Jesus Christ. And then after that, I was just like, all right, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's either you're going to sit on a couch or sit, lay down in your bed and not, not do anything for the rest of your life or you're going to go out there and you're going to make the absolute most of it and it's just the thing is like get out get outside but get out that front door and the world opens up and then it's a domino effect you do one thing and that one thing splinters off into three things and then that splinters off into six things and next thing you know the ball's rolling you know and you're just you got to keep then you get into that mindset i I worked myself into depression, and I had to obviously work my way out of it. And working your way out of it was a lot harder, but I'm, I can't tell you how thankful I am I actually took that step and actually went out there, put my heart and my mind to it, got surrounded by the right people, having a right cast around you and the right friends who are like, yes, I'll help you. Let's do this, man. Like, let's go. Like... I have I have my buddy right now, my buddy Jason. We're we shoot archery at the at our local range three days a week. We're going on hunts. We're heading out to Texas here in in seven days. We got a big old hunt lined up, but it's it's just finding the right people and just just buckling down. And eventually, I now looking back on it, I I'm mad at myself for let for wasting so much time in my life so many years but now that now that we're rocking and rolling i'm i'm 100 percent gun ho here we go let's figure it out that looks hard let's let's accomplish that all right we accomplished that okay that over there that looks hard i like to do stuff that people from the outside are like oh someone in a wheelchair would never be able to do that someone you know and some things I, I I'm not able to do I'm I'm gonna be, I'm realistic some things I can't do but you try you know you it's it's like the it's the man in the arena I'd rather be the man in the arena than the man in the stands wishing I was in the arena so you make you make it work and even if if, if it doesn't work it doesn't work but at least you freaking tried. Well, man, you're sending shivers down my spine with that. I truly are. It's uh, incredibly inspiring. Um, so, where in your journey? So, you your injury happened at 21, and you you picked up uh, a rifle at 25. How did that? And you, I know you went through just trying to find yourself, and um, you know you talked about battling with your depression and and just trying to you know get up and established, let alone hunting, but. Where did the hunting stuff come from? Was that something you always kind of like? Ah, I kind of want to do it, or was it a buddy that was doing it, or how did that come about? Where did you you find the hunting aspect of it? So, I, like like I said, when I was snowboard traveling the world, snowboarding, seeing those the critters up in the mountains, I, it was always in the back of my mind, like, oh, that would be awesome. But I never really got into it until I had mentioned it to my uncle. And my uncle's a big, yeah. big-time hunter. And uh, 
he was he had the opportunity he did some work for a friend out in Kansas and I'm here in America and uh and instead of paying him the guy was like can I give you a whitetail hunt and my uncle's like yeah that's great you know but my nephew he's in a wheelchair blah 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 he would love to go hunt is it cool if he does it yeah the guy's like yeah no problem so I've been going out there and uh was able to harvest my first doe and ever ever since that first doe it was yeah I was in an avalanche and I just want I just wanted to catch it get every single animal possible out there so yeah that's awesome and, and you've done a lot of really cool hunts so you know when you think back over you know the last decade of hunting that you've done what sort of stands out is the you know the, the most exciting or the best hunt that you've been on can you recall one that, that sort of comes to mind yourself my my most exciting uh adrenaline packed hunt was when i harvest a 12 foot alligator down in the southern tip of florida uh, it was an absolute insane i mean when you look back on it it was only a 10 minute win well a 10 minute window within a several day window but when it came down to actually harvesting this alligator and uh, how much stuff went into it was was absolutely insane and it was a great, a great story. I'd love to tell it if you let me, man. I'll, I'll get passionate. I absolutely love it. I want to hear about it. I love the passion, dude. Let's talk about it. Come on. Let's go. Cool. So, yeah, we went down to a lake called Lake Okeechobee, and it's the biggest uh, freshwater lake in the United States outside of the Great Lakes, like, you know, Lake Michigan, Ontario, those guys up there. Um, so we go in and we, we fly in and we get in there and we meet up with an outfitter or the outfitter. He's a pretty popular guy on Instagram down here. He goes by the name of Python Cowboy. He does a lot of alligator hunts and iguana, iguana hunting and stuff like that. Uh, so we get, we're, we're on a boat. It's a, it's probably a 15 foot center console boat and we're going out. We get up get up in the dark we're smashing out on the boat and it's my first time looking for alligators so i had no idea what i'm looking for i get i get my binoculars up i'm glassing glass and all i see is logs and and bushes and stuff floating in the water i'm like man there's a lot of debris out here and i see my first alligator and as soon as that sun came up and the the sunlight started reflecting off of their eyeballs there was alligators everywhere it was absolutely insane there there had to have been over 50 60 alligators within the uh within the vicinity and so what we the way we were hunting them down there is we'd get a, a raw chicken and they wrapped a rope around the raw chicken and uh from there they would tie it off to it was about 300 pound fishing line into a two older or not a, rod, a fishing rod that you would catch and uh we go and we had the had a uh, the chicken and we spot we spot the right gator and, um, we go and open up the bale on the fishing gator we get to the we get past the gator and we start bouncing the chicken like like you're jigging for bass or jigging for fish you're just bouncing that chicken on top of the on top of the water and it's uh 
and that, that alligator focuses on that vibration to on top of the water and the alligator that we were targeting swam over to the to the chicken and swallowed it he smashed it and uh um it, it was it was just cool to see because they they take it and they have and or not on their neck but inside their neck so when they eat food the water esophagus and uh so he grabs it but then what they have to do they have to throw they throw their head back and it opens up this flap and and then they're able to swallow uh, we go and he he swims down to the bottom of the lake and lets it marinate down there in his stomach and lets his diet dissolve all the 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 meat and whatnot so we go and then we throw in the trolling motor and we got a, the trolling motor and we slowly crept on top of on top of this alligator we got right on top of him and we reeled him up reeled him up and right when he got to the top we uh i had a crossbow and i was able to shoot him with a crossbow so what you're doing you're trying you're trying to aim there's a small softball sized area behind their eyeballs and um and that's why aiming for that brain and when you go when i but when i shot him his head was still his head had dropped a little bit so it actually went through one the crossbow went through one cheek and out the other and he did not like that at all he it he was infuriated and he started smashing back and forth his tail was bashing up and the, boat, the boat's rocking and i don't know if if you guys are familiar but the uh the boat so the boats have the hole and then in the front of the boat it's there's like an elevated platform for where you would fish from you know like like you're bass fishing or you're fishing from that front platform and uh and we get up there and i'm up on that front platform and my dad's holding the back of my wheelchair and he and he's holding on the boat's rocking back and forth from this alligator smashing up against the boat captain's yelling everybody hold on tight hold on tight and we're just we're going back and forth rolling and the alligator comes by we we steer him over to the to the other side of the boat and the outfitter hands me a harpoon and he handed me the harpoon like i was so full of adrenaline at that point i that's kind of silly looking back on it now but i yelled like a caveman when i was throwing this harpoon like I was, like I was hunting woolly mammoth or something. And I, I chucked the serpent ah, and I chucked it and I got the got the alligator. So what the deal is with that harpoon is you try to you get line A and this line A breaks and you get a line C in case B breaks and you just try to get as many lines into it as possible. And so we were able to we were able to get that harpoon in and then once I got the harpoon we were able to um, what they they have what's called a bang stick. It's about a six foot rod, and at the very tip of it, they have some of them have shotguns, shotgun shells, but this one had a three fifty seven magnum round in it. And um, you basically, it's kind of like a harpoon, but you don't let go of it. You just jab the back of the alligator's head with it, and um, and that 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 put him out. But that whole area right there was just was absolutely insane. Wow, man, that's uh, that's crazy. Were you? Were you in your chair this whole time? Like, were you in a wheelchair? Like, because that, you know, you're on a boat, you got an alligator basically attacking, and then you're in a wheelchair on top of it. Like, talk about dangerous. 
yeah, no, I was I was in my wheelchair on that front platform. So I'm on that front platform, and my dad's holding the back of my wheelchair, but my dad's standing in the hole. So there's a good three foot, two two to two and a half foot, three foot difference between me and where my dad's seated, and where he's just holding on to me. And the only thing he has to hold on is me. And I was like, hey, just whatever you do, don't. Let me fall in the water <laughs> yeah. right now, man, because there's a pissed off dinosaur, dude, and I am not equipped to go to war oh, with this man. thing. Wow, that's freaky. Wow, that's 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 scary, dude. So was the did the outfitter look or the guy did he look at, at all worried or he was just like, Yeah, this is normal? No, he I don't know if he was worried, but it, you know, he was like, That was absolutely insane, <laughs> like that's why you try to you try to hit that softball sized area behind their brain. Like you you know, we all want to make quick ethical kills. That's that's our goal to make it easy on the animal, you know, and um but with, with the move with we're on water, you know, it's it's rocky. I I'll take responsibility. I made a bad shot. I'm not making excuses for everything on the outside, but that's why we make quick those quick ethical kills but it just it didn't go down like that we're not you know we're not a hundred percent every single time but uh yeah i got we got it done and we brought brought the alligator over and they they brought its head up and they taped its mouth shut with the electrical tape because you don't want the business end of that alligator getting the last <laughs> word so and they got it and then we we dragged him into the boat and the thing was almost as long as the boat it was definitely definitely in a quite the experience wow, that's uh that sounds like a lot of fun uh did you guys uh did you cook them up afterwards like i've heard alligator i think i've had alligator before like in a whatever i'm sure it's farmed alligator but um is it was it any good absolutely um down there they uh they deep we had deep fried it and just threw it through it on sandwiches and yeah, it was absolutely delicious. I've my best, my favorite meal so far that I've made is uh, just like alligator meatballs and throw it in like a pasta, like a pasta dish with some some red marinara sauce. Yeah, that's delicious. awesome. That was pretty recently that trip, wasn't it? That that alligator trip was in twenty twenty one. So it was a few years ago now. Yeah. Uh, so you fixing to go back yeah. for another round of that, or what's the plan on that? Um, my, my mindset now is kind of, I'm just trying to check, I got a checklist and I'm trying to check off as many big game animals as I possibly could. And the more dangerous the animal in my mind, the, the funner, the funner, the hunt, the funner, the opportunity, just cause like I said earlier, like I want to do stuff that people are like someone in a wheelchair wouldn't be able to do, or they would think it's, you know, not feasible or whatever the excuse they come up with. I want to, I want to get that doubt out of their mind. Yeah. Have you done any bear hunts yet at all, Derek? I have, I've done a black, a black bear hunt. Nothing, nothing bigger than a black bear, but I also have a pretty insane black bear story. If you got a little <laughs> yeah, bit Yeah, I, I want to hear it for sure. <laughs> cool. So we're up in upstate Maine where I was about, an hour from the Canadian border and we're hunting over a bait and we're sitting, we're sitting there. My dad's sitting on the ground 
with me and I'm butted up against an aspen tree in my wheelchair and my dad's laying or my dad's sitting at a 90 degree angle against an, another aspen tree like three four feet from me so his back's up against the aspen tree and his legs are out in front of him and he's sitting on the ground we go and we're just waiting 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 and then that golden hour comes and the golden hour comes and we got a bear come in from the right and he's come coming to the left so he goes he goes over to the bait and the the barrel and what we had in the barrel were uh were donuts the outfitter was pretty good friends with the local pastry <laughs> guy in town and at the end of the day he would get all the pastries and he would load his bear baits with that because those bears love that sugar so we're going and he got the this bear he wasn't wasn't a big bear 100 pounds you know not much bigger than like a bit a big dog and then so we were able to so he goes and he grabs this he grabs this donut and he's he goes about 10 feet from the barrel and he's eating his donut but then all of a sudden he just yells out he just has like a giant bark he's like roof <laughs> and he hunt, turns 180 degrees and he just and he just starts running at full speed cuz he got something that spooked him well what's down range of this bear running full speed is me and my dad and we're we're in our camo we're we're covered up in scent killer scent killer gold we got the scent killer spray on us and this bear had no idea we're there and this guy just starts running right towards us and he's gonna split me and my dad like i said earlier there's probably only three to four feet in between my dad and me so i this bear gets about five six feet out so the ba- the baited barrel was 20 25 30 yards around give or take that that around range but this bear was on us in a in a split second and you could feel every foot foot paw that hit the the ground was just the thud the thud the thud and he was on us in a in a blink of an eye but he got probably like five or six feet from me and i threw my hands up i'm like hey bear and the bear stops. Well, when the bear stops, it hits all fours and it just kicks up dirt and rocks and all kinds of stuff all over my dad, right into my dad's face. So my dad puts his hand his hands up to guard his face. And this bear looking at me, the bear's already spooked. So when the bear sees me, I'm I get eye contact I eye contact with the bear. Like we're staring into each other's souls. We're both spooked <laughs> at this time. But his pupils and his eyes were just the size of the size of a basketball they were huge so this bear turns on a dime and goes 90 degrees and turns to his right well what's 90 degrees to his right is my dad so this bear jumps over my dad's legs and so my dad has his arms up still because he got all that dirt and stuff i'm telling you, this all happened within one to two seconds so my dad still got his arms up, and when this bear jumps over my dad's legs, its fur brushes up against my dad's arms and my dad's hands and lands, and this bear is gone. And I'm like, oh, my – I looked at my dad. I'm like, that was that was insane, dude. And I'm looking at my dad just staring <laughs> at the ground, just staring at the ground. I'm like, dad, dad, dad. And he looked up at me, and my dad's eyes were the size just as big as the bear's eyes. He's like, how was a – big bear man and i was like i was like that was like a hundred pounds the tiniest bear i've ever seen but like it was like he's like dude it touched my arms and it was right there what are you telling me that's not a big bear it was just 
It was in, I started dying laughing. I was laughing. So, oh, but, oh my gosh, it was so hilarious to see my dad just absolutely <laughs> shook. And then so what it spoke, what it uh, spooked that bear was another black bear. It wasn't much bigger. Probably it had probably another thirty, forty pounds on him. And he goes and he's take and he starts to eat eat more pastries at the bait at the bait site and uh and i'm so full of adrenaline i'm like oh this bear's way bigger dude and and i go and i i put my eye my eye up to the optic and i i pull the trigger i'm shooting a seven millimeter magnum so this thing had some punch to it why well, scope slapped myself <laughs> right in the forehead man i got blood leaking down off dripping off my nose dripping off my chin my teeth are all covered in red and and I, I dropped the bear right in his spot. It was a perfect hard shot. Dropped the bear, but I'm just leaking blood, just pouring out of my face, dude. And like, and I actually have a video of it on Insta on my Instagram. Uh, and it's just me. I'm like, I just shot a big old bear, and like, it was a small bear. That when we finally went and grabbed it, I was like, oh, he's not that big <laughs> at all, dude. But just the amount of adrenaline and everything pumping through my body, dude. It was. It was so fun, and I look back at my dad, and we're both just like high fiving, hooting and hollering, and just having a good old time. I'm covered in blood, dude. It is, it is hilarious. It's just the small things like that that you remember, and it was absolutely insane. That was the closest I've ever come to a, a dangerous animal, you know. And, Wow, awesome. you wanted adrenaline, you got it on that one, hey? And your dad got a little more than he bargained for you. Uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if he had a little 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 stain in the back of his <laughs> pants there, dude. But uh, what what it bugs me to this day though is I had my GoPro on the dashboard of the truck right before we got out, and I and this was like day day four of a five day hunt. And I was like, oh, I'm just gonna leave the GoPro in the car. I'm kicking myself in the butt ever since, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. So you you figure this thing was like four or five feet away from you. Obviously closer because it brushed your dad, but literally a few feet away from you. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was yeah, definitely a great. It was a great hunt. It was late September. The you know the, all the trees were turning colors. We're sitting in there in the forest, not a person around for miles, and. It's just the things, you know, where we get out and find that solace and that peace that we're all looking for and then how how things can just change in the blink of an eye. And that's something I try to tell my friends and they people just don't understand until they're until you're in the zone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've seen like you've, you've killed some bull elk. You've been on antelope hunts like uh, like it's you, you've you've done a lot of hunting in the last decade. Hey. Yeah, I try to go on about three to four big game hunts a year, um, and then you got your small ones, your cut, your coyotes, and stuff like that. But um, I, I'm able to, I have the the blessing of being able to to work work with my hands. I built me and my dad build nice high end furniture, and uh, we're doing pretty good. And I, I got a photography business on the side where I do sports photography, and where I'm at in Southern California, it's a really big surf scene. So I'm able to do a lot of videography and photography for, for a lot of the companies down here. And it, it, all, all my money goes to food, a roof over my head <laughs> and hunting. I love that's it. That's it. That's all. That's all I care about. I love it, man. That's awesome. 
so what was your first uh, archery animal then? What was the first animal you took down with your bow? I was actually able to get a pronghorn. My first, my first, yeah, I got several names, pronghorn, antelope, speed goat, goat, whatever. Yeah, but it was, it was a pronghorn and it was in eastern Colorado and I was hunting in a, we had got permission to hunt a property and with, on that property, we, um, we put up a blind on the water. We had a water trough that we were hunting where all the the cattle from the the ranch would come and drink the water and it was the only clean water around for several square miles in that area so it was very frequent and very visited very frequently (laughs) that's what i was going for i get all excited (laughs) that's awesome all right um but uh but yeah we went and i got got it up and um yeah, he came in, came in twenty yards, and it was cool because I was with my niece, and he actually came in from behind the blind, and they come in downwind to get it to get to that water. But we were, luckily, he didn't he didn't smell us, and it was cool because so since I'm when I'm in my wheelchair and we're hunting water, I throw my brakes on, and I'm not able to rotate or do anything like that. So I had my niece was was guiding me. She's like, "All right, you can move. All right, don't move." All right, you're good. Don't move. All right, you're good. Don't move until that thing came into the corner of my eye, and I was able to actually uh, get it. And it came in, and it was getting getting some water. And I I I put my arrow right in its pump house. This thing stuttered back about five feet, and then went back to get water. Didn't even know it was hit. Knew something had happened, but didn't know it was hit. Went got a drink of water and tipped over right there. And uh, yeah, the first the first. The first one with a stick. Was that string. pretty rewarding? Like uh, you, you've killed a lot of stuff and done a lot of things, but was that was there more reward knowing that you've done it with a bow and arrow? Ab- absolutely, because there was, I could count probably thirty different times this antelope looked directly at me, directly into my eyes, because it was that we were in a blind, and it knew. T- that thing shouldn't be there it's never been there before but i'm so thirsty and it was a hundred degrees out so i'm in shorts and no t-shirt my niece is in the shorts and a shirt and we're sitting there just sweating baking in this blind there's no wind that day so it was just pure heat um yeah it was it worked out great that's awesome but uh, like i like i was saying earlier it was uh just getting that close to an animal, you know, and playing the the cat and mouse game. Because you're at a rifle, you know, you're not you're able to poke it out from a distance, but it's that whole getting close to the animal, getting feeling it's just you can feel it, feel you, you know. It's I don't know. Oh, that's cool. awesome, man. How often do you shoot? Uh, is it three times a week or something? Is that what you're saying? You go three times, or how often would you say you get to the to the range? trying yeah trying to go to the local range it's not too far from my house so i'm going down there where i where i live at here uh you're not allowed to shoot in your backyard so i gotta go out to the range and um go go to the range about three times a week and just just getting dialed in and it's there it's therapeutic you know you go through your steps you're you pull back you you know you 
get your pin on the, the right pin you breathe slowly pull the trigger don't punch it just slowly pull that trigger feel the release and it's there it's therapy and like i i enjoy it just the process that's awesome so you mentioned that you're on the like an archery team um why well, I, I can see you're wearing a world archery team jacket it says aa there um how would you say that's helped you in terms of your proficiency as a just a shooter and then as a hunter as well it's it's good because it gives you people to compete with you know you're always we're always trying to build each other up trying to go strong make each other better hunters and and just being blessed to be able to be on this this team now um and there's there's a lot coming down the line there and uh just, we're going to start our own little archery league and right now there's a group of three of us guys and we're just going we're going to have sponsors giveaways all that good fun stuff to uh to bless the people out there who who are in the same boat as us we all love archery we all find it therapeutic it's fun and there's a lot of good things coming down the wire here so it, it's just building each other up pushing each other competition yeah. It's fun. It make it makes. That's yeah. awesome. So you mentioned like you've hunted lots with family and friends, um, and you've you've done a lot of archery shooting. Do you do much with um, anyone else with other disabilities? Uh, any or is it just it just it doesn't matter to you? You just want to go out. But is there like kind of an opportunity where you go out and maybe mentor other people or work with them or or just out in the field with them? What does that look like for you, Derek? So as of right now, um, we're building with a, a world archery. We're we're getting into it to where we're going to start doing these competitions and 3D shoots for not for people with disabilities, but we're going to have the opportunities for these people for people like me in my position or other other disabilities to come and have fun get out get out of the window get out of the monotonous day-to-day thing and we're gonna go go from there and hopefully hopefully build it up here pretty big i'm excited for what's going on um behind the scenes and uh we're gonna hopefully open up some divisions here for disabilities and go for some 3d shoots i'm also in contact with with other 3d archery event um opportunities all over so far western western america to have a disabled division for the for these 3d competitions and uh yeah hope hopefully because i i remember where i was and i just wish i had someone to, that was reach out and get me onto my get me onto something fun and like this and so i want to be the goal is to be that person for somebody else and just open up opportunities for people. Uh, that's, that's phenomenal that you're able to do that. Have you found that there's a lot of support, like corporate support or just in, you know financial support, that sort of stuff, of people that want to support um, people with disabilities that are, are either shooting or hunting? Have, have you found that? Um, yeah, I found a lot of a lot of foundations. Like, there's one here we got here in America called Disabled Outdoorsmen USA. They do a, they take a lot of people out there with, on hunts, and they they're doing a killer job. They'll do, you know, bird hunts, big game hunts. They'll do fishing opportunities. They're they're 
they're killing it all over. They got different chapters all over America, and then there's disabled sportsmen out here and out there in Utah. Um, there's the High Fives Foundation based out of uh, Northern California. They're doing a lot of. They're more towards like action sports, but um, hopefully, hopefully we could get some you know some outdoors and archery going on with those guys and just just reaching out just trying to network and make make as many people as make as many friends as possible and uh there's there's a lot of people who are willing to help and that's that's one thing that i've realized too is the outdoors community is just so everyone's so friendly and everyone just wants to see people get people have fun and get stoked and people out there with disabilities and in wheelchairs and whatnot that you know there's not a lot of not a lot of people who are who are trying to do it, but those of us who are out there are doing it are definitely thankful and definitely stoked that uh, it's just it's it's a family, you know. We're all a big family, no matter what situation you're yeah, in. Right on. We've got a guy up here in Canada. His name's uh, Rick Hansen, and uh, Rick's been very uh, he, he's uh, he's disabled and uh, at a very young age, and same thing. He's just uh, enamored with the outdoors, hunting and fishing, and. Uh, very active with uh, sturgeon fishing and conservation, but also just you know getting after it and getting outdoors and and hunting and shooting and a whole bunch of all that stuff. And just a great, a real inspiration in Canada for us here too as well. Yeah, Rick's a good dude. I've I've talked to him talked to him several times. Oh, on right Instagram. on. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, myself, Derek, I grew up uh, in a. In, out in the country in the middle of nowhere and one of our uh, neighbor friends was uh he was a quadriplegic and uh he went he had a van and it was he could drive it himself and uh had it all set up and he would get out and he would kill a deer every year and he'd do it by himself it, you know i i don't know how the heck he uh, got it and cleaned it but uh he, and he was he was one of the better whitetail hunters out there he had a special permit so that he could hunt like that and he just was a he was a killer man he did such an amazing job and he was an inspiration for me just as a hunter and i was just i couldn't imagine accomplishing what he did let alone with a disability right it was phenomenal amen like i said you know like where there's a will there's a way and just over overlooking overlooking the negatives you go out there and crush it the world is yours you know go out there and take it it's not no no one's gonna i mean you're on your own basically mentally no one's gonna come and just gift gift wrap you life you got to go out there and and take it you know and it's like i've heard lots of success stories and uh it 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 warms my heart man it's, it's cool to see it's just cool to see and have the happiness and the joy and yeah that's just getting out there and getting out of the window of being disabled because it's always on from a disabled person we're always judging ourselves compared to an able-bodied person especially if we were able-bodied and then disabled you know you kind of are always like oh this is what it used to be like this is what it used to be like i remember this you know but you go out there you make it you make it your own you do what you got to do to 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 live life dude and it's it's tough but you know we're a different breed so that's awesome man it totally totally inspirational it's super super exciting to hear that and uh yeah incredible so uh let's talk about what's the plan for you said you're going to texas with a buddy now is that what kind of hunt is that 
Yeah, I'm taking off here in seven days. We have we got the opportunity, met a great guy who's got property out there. He's allowing us to harvest any two axis deer. Awesome. So it's a buck and a buck, buck and a doe, or a doe and a doe. We get that. It's unlimited hogs because the hog population is just so rampant down there and the destruction they are doing to these properties and and they're you know they're some of them are snatching little kids you know you can't those those pigs down there are absolutely monstrous um you get that and we have the opportunity so with texas if you buy a year-long hunting license you get the you get five whitetail two bucks and three does so you have the five the five whitetail tags then you got the the axis deer. So the axis deer and the hogs are an invade. They're considered invasive species. So there's no season and no tags. You just go down there. You go down there and hunt them. So hopefully it's going to be a, a big time meat packing hunt, man. I'm trying to. <laughs> That's fill a awesome. Here. So you kill axis deer. You can kill whitetail. You can kill hogs. Um, yeah. Is it what part of the state is it in? Uh, it's the uh, east eastern. Eastern part, east, southeast, uh, around San Antonio, Gulf of Mexico area. Okay, is it, I guess there's no outad over there. They're more to the west, I guess. Yeah, I think those are more, more, yeah, more west, western dwelling. I'm not quite sure to tell you the truth. I haven't really looked into the outad yet. Yeah, no, for sure. That's awesome. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about bucket list. You said you wanted, you you got a list for big game, and you like dangerous games, so. Uh, give me your top five. So if you could pick your next five hunts, what would they be? Anywhere, anytime for any animal. Talk to me. Um, number one, Yukon moose. Nice. I would love, I would also love to get a brown bear. Um, I would love to go down to New Zealand, get a, get a red stag. I would love, absolutely nice. love to get a sheep. A big old, a big old ram would just absolutely be phenomenal in my eyes. Um, and then, and then, you, then you got all your Africa critters that that you could, uh, that you could bring about. One of the one, the one of the main things I want to get down in Africa is a baboon. As weird as, is that right as random yeah. as that sounds, they're just so mean, <laughs> so gnarly looking. Like they just, but Af- Africa's a whole new, a whole new ball game down there. There's so many great animals down there that uh, you really can't go wrong. Or a kudu, a kudu would be amazing too. They're they're absolutely gorgeous animals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that sounds like a pretty good list. That uh, mine's not too far off either. So. Um, yeah, that'd be be super cool, man. So um, you said sheep. Is there any kind of sheep that you have in mind? Anything like you thinking doll sheep out of Alaska? Are you thinking about uh, bighorn sheep in the lower 48? What are your thoughts there? I mean, I'm not a picky guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to start. We got, some, we got some sheep down here in some of the local states. Um, some desert desert bighorns yeah. i would love that and uh o- honestly i would just love to love to check check them check them off check them all off and it's not even necessarily about the animals it's the whole adventure you know being 
being in the wheelchair, every time I go on a, a hunt, you know, you run into different logistics that you gotta. It, it's a game within a game. There's objectives within objectives within objectives. You know, it's it's the domino effect. You 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 come across a problem, you conquer that problem. You get to the next problem, you conquer that problem, and it, and then when you look back down the line, you have you have a killer story, and that's what I'm. That's just I'd rather be rich in memories than rich in money you know or rich in memories than have any regrets you know i'd rather on my deathbed i want to be telling stories and reminiscing about stories and being like oh i wish we would have done that i wish i would have done that so it's 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 just putting myself in in hard hard positions and seeing if i could come out on top or not so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, just out of curiosity, on your hunt in Texas next week, are you taking uh, archery? Are you taking your bow? Are you going to take the rifle? Are you taking both? Uh, what's the plan? I'm going to be taking. I'm going to be taking both. So I have a. I I have a. I feel comfortable with my bow up to fifty yards. Past past that, I'm. I'm a I'm a great shot. I trust my shot, but then you you have to deal with ducking animals and stuff like that. So I I a lot of times I cap myself off at 50 yards, and so with Texas I'm able to sh- uh, hunt with both a uh, rifle and a bow. So I got I got a 50 yard cap on my bow, and then anything past that 50 yards I'm going to be uh, getting with the smoke pole. Yeah, right on. That's awesome. Uh, just out of curiosity, you you, you shoot a is it a seven mil you said for a rifle? Uh, no. So the seven mil that I shot that bear with was actually the uh, an out the outfitter's rifle. Okay. Um, my my deer hunting rifle. I got I got a thirty out six and a six five Creedmoor that I I bounce back and forth. Okay. Yeah. So th- uh, six five for a smaller game, and then uh, the thirty out six for bigger stuff, or just not necessarily. Um, not 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 necessarily at all. My that six that six five. I've it's a a Browning X bolt long long range rifle. Then I got a I got a pretty good loophole scope on it. So nice. that's usually it. Yeah, it it depends on the t- the terrain. Like if I'm a, if I come across position, find myself in positions where I have to shoot longer distances, then I'm going to be taking that six five. But that that thirty out six basically is my two hundred and closer, right? Round. I just don't have the right optic on it for it to shoot farther. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head what that X bolt has for an optic? Like the Leopold, is it a VX five or what do you do? You remember what it is? Yeah, the VX five. It is. A, yeah, yeah. There, um, I've, I've I've got an X bolt and I think it, that one's in a three hundred, and then I've got a, a couple of Leopold's different scopes and they're. Uh, I really, I'm a fan for sure. They're they're awesome. Great product for sure. Yeah, great glass for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right on. Okay, so um, anyone that wants to check out uh, you, Derek, where can they? Where, where do they go? Where, where's a good spot to check out what you do and learn more about uh, who you are? Cool. Yeah. So um, I do most of my stuff on Instagram. It's t eight underscore outdoorsman. That's T eight underscore outdoorsman, and the, it's the same with my YouTube channel. I 
I don't got the YouTube. I got probably about 15 videos on there as of right now. I'm still downloading most of my hunts, doing a lot of my my video editing behind the scenes. But um, it's the same the same title T8 underscore Outdoorsman, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully get a lot more of those here in the future. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Well, you'll have to report back to us and send us some pictures from. Uh, from your hunt, we'll post, post them up on our social if you're able to share. It'd be great to see how you make out in uh, in Texas there. I'd love to see some uh, some big whitetails or some hogs or some axis deer or what, whatever you get into down there. Absolutely, yeah. I'll have a I'll have the cam- the camera running as well. So nice. Hopefully, get some cool cool shots. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Derek, thank you so much for for chatting to me today about uh, all the great stuff that you've done. And I have to say, it's just inspirational. I, you know, I've always, I, I actually was really fortunate. I grew up in my community and uh, had really good friends that um, had some disabilities and just got to really appreciate what they're capable of and just, uh, you know, that that spirit of just, you know, there's nothing you can't do mentality, I guess. And um, so I kind of grew up with that and and uh, seen that. And, and when I see you and hear you talk, it's you're an inspiration to me and I'm sure for countless others. So I appreciate you, brother. Well, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, never give up, never surrender. Beautiful. Um, yeah, well, good luck in your hunt and look forward to hearing more about it. And thanks again for your time today. <laughs>